0: your way. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Fox 12 Weather Podcast. This is episode 89. Today is Thursday, February 15th, the day after Valentine's Day. I'm meteorologist Jeff Orgeron, joined by Camilla Ortiz. Hey, Camilla.
1: Hello, Jeff.
0: And chief meteorologist Mark Nelson. Hey, Mark. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there. Yeah. Post-Valentine's Day. Absolutely. And uh, I just want to give a shout out to my wife, Katie. Happy birthday to Katie. Um, oh.
2: Cool oh. birthday, Katie.
0: Yeah, I, I always have the double whammy. I got Valentine's Day and then Katie's <laughs> birthday back-to-back every year. Oh, that's
2: nice. You could just combine them. How convenient is more that? More or less. Yeah, don't tell her that. Don't tell just her Just doing that. like like an extra
1: big bouquet of flowers or something?
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. Or, nice. Or two. Um, okay, there's a lot to go over and unpack in uh, this podcast and, you know, previous forecasts and what's ahead. We're going to start off by talking about um well there was a winter weather advisory uh issued by the National <laughs> Weather Service for the metro area that was issued Wednesday morning um and I know Mark
2: has a lot of thoughts on that so stay so tuned many for that part. uh so let many let the feelings record show, let the record show that at first Camilla when I was talking to Jeff about prep for this podcast we don't just yeah. wing it we actually plan it and I and I wanted to put WTH well that was my second option WTH <laughs> question mark with snow yesterday, but Jeff was like, eh, I, he's just more professional, basically. So yeah, continue. that's good. I'm glad let's, that he was able to bring you down just a little bit.
0: Let's dial yeah. it back a little bit for the families out there. Um,
2: <laughs> for the kids that listen to the podcast. Right. Yeah, let's keep um, it PG. I know and, that we we
0: often show a winter storm morning in the Cascades or a winter weather advisory in the Coast Range. And it doesn't always, like... It, you know, for me, I don't always know what the numbers, Mm. what the criteria is for each watch warning advisory. I'm sure a lot of you at home don't either. So we were going to kind of go over some of those. It really depends on the region, uh, what forecast area we're looking at. So that'll be next up in the podcast. We're going to talk about snowy conditions in the Cascades, snow that's already accumulated more to come. We're going to talk about the state of the mountain snowpack and then the long range forecast. Uh, So let's get right into it. Okay. Yeah. Yesterday morning, Andy and I were in the studio. Good Day, Oregon was, you know, we were right in the heart of Good Day, Oregon. and All of a sudden, a winter weather advisory comes in by the National Weather Service. Um, I texted, I think the group or I texted Mark. I don't really know what I did.
2: Um, I was asleep.
0: You know, we were not, it didn't feel like we were trending toward a winter weather advisory. It felt like we were trending more toward a cold rain event and snow staying confined to the coast range cascades and gorge but um sure enough they went with it it stayed in effect through much of the night and uh well camilla grabbed the popcorn because mark has a lot to say i think
1: i just have to say i mean we if you're you know a, f- a follower right of our uh weather, you know about mark's blog post and that was probably one of the sassier blog posts <laughs> i have seen it was real entertaining so yeah
2: mark what well- crappy gfs is that what really did did that set the mood that wasn't real professional crappy gfs model how's that you really feel throwing shade all over it i'll tell you you know jeff is so professional because when i got up and we should point out i had yesterday off because it was valentine's day jeff works until about 10 a.m okay so Jeff's working in the morning camilla you're she was prepping to work in the afternoon same with katie and so i get up make my coffee i'm making my coffee and i check my phone and the first thing i think is from you jeff i think it was your text that says which are weather advisor from the weather service. Like what? And I'm like, Oh, Oh, uh, what? Cause I had these plans for Valentine's day. Of course. Um, I want to, I
0: want to preface we... this really mm-hmm. quick. I want to preface this by saying we appreciate all the work that the national weather service yes. does.
2: They there are yes.
0: great meteorologists. Absolutely.
2: There.
0: Um, but sometimes we are you know, and yesterday is an example of it. Our forecast did not completely align with their forecast and it put us in
2: a corner. Here's the deal. The Weather Service has... and Actually, it would be really nice to get somebody on. We could do it in a non-confrontational, non-aggressive um, way, I suppose. I have somebody from the Weather Service on. We'd love to chat. Just like, okay, so what's there's been a shift in the Weather Service. I don't think it's just Portland. It's the whole National Weather Service saying... Um, and for scientifically, this is correct. When we have events or any significant weather, we should give the range of possibilities because it isn't true that we could have said yesterday... Nope, not going to snow, no chance, right? We all knew scientifically there was a chance, all right? Because, you know, some models were kind of hinting, maybe it could stick. It was pretty close. So there's a chance, right? I mean, even when it rains at 40 degrees, there's a tiny chance, 3% chance it could change to snow and stick, right? There's almost always a small chance. Yeah. So what the Weather Service is doing, and, and for good reason, I understand what they're doing. I've seen this at weather conferences. They want to give more of a range of possibilities to give, and their confidence level as well. So they've started doing this. I really noticed it this winter, Uh, not just with snow, but other events, wind, rain, Uh, rain's a little easier because, you know, it just rains or doesn't and how much, but the uh, snow. So this is a a graphic they sent out. Now, I don't know who this goes out to because it was not on their webpage. It was not, I don't think it was, it was not on their webpage. It was not on their um, Twitter feed. It was not on their Facebook feed or whatever it's called page. But this goes out to, I think, emergency managers, and I get it in the media. I don't know if this just goes to us. us I don't know if this was broadly sent out, but their key points. This is yesterday morning. Uh, this is the, uh, Valentine's morning. Chances have increased for impactful accumulations. Now, 30 to 50% chance of up to three inches for Portland, Vancouver, Metro, tonight through Thursday. So remember, even if this is just meant for emergency managers and media, I think here's the issue that, yeah, oh, wait, and here too. 30 to 60% chance of one inch or more snow accumulation. If I'm a regular person, if I work for the city of Portland, if I work for ODOT, if I work for PBOT, Portland Bureau of Transportation, I look at that and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a decent chance we're going to shut down the city at some point tonight through Thursday, through the evening commute or beyond into Thursday morning. So I think the problem is the worst, and the weather service is supposed to do this, they should give us a worst case scenario, right? I think the problem is, We all would grab regular people, not meteorologists. Regular people would gravitate towards that and say, "Oh gosh!" And pretty soon, in your mind, that's the forecast, right? So, so people gravitate towards the worst case scenario, even though the confidence there, low to moderate, is you know relatively low confidence. And in fact, this graphic was in that same email that came out, which says, "Oh my gosh, it's going to snow in Portland this evening, or could could snow in Portland this evening? Maybe maybe only an inch or less, or maybe several inches." So that all went out. This was on their webpage from actually, uh, so this would happen Wednesday afternoon. This was on their webpage Tuesday at noon. So this is more than 24 hours ahead of time. I'd seen this one rain or snow. And this is kind of a nice graphic. 90% chance of, you know, 35 to 40 degrees, an inch of rain, which is exactly what happened, right? 90% chance, that's fair. 10% chance of 4 to 6 inches and in temperatures around freezing, the city shuts down. I think, don't you? Kind of, if you're a regular person, you kind of go, you kind of gravitate towards that. That that's my theory. Do you, do yeah. you two have any thoughts? Well,
0: I think a lot of people are snow enthusiasts. Not everybody, of course, but I'd mm-hmm. say a good chunk of the population. And people tend to wish wishcast; they hope for something to happen in the forecast. Um, so I agree with you, Mark. We see that chance, and we we put most of our attention on it as opposed to the traditional.
1: Right. Standard rain, cold
0: rain that we see typically in the winter time.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and to your point, Mark, I mean, 30 to 60 percent. Anytime I see that anything that's over 50 percent, I'm going, yeah, we should prepare for that possibility. That's I agree. Dec-
2: one in two is a decent chance, you know. I agree. So then um, and so that's I think that's a messaging issue. I don't think they're doing anything wrong in that case. But the problem is that that worst case scenario becomes the forecast or what we're all hearing. Um, so then they put up the winter weather advisory. Here was the problem several problems I see. One is the crappy GFS. So, this is what the uh, GFS was showing. I don't think it's just the GFS, in that, I think it's the Resolute looking at these snow maps, and I'll get to the snow mapping in an issue in a minute. But um, this was yesterday morning's GFS forecast. You look at that, you go, wow, two inches of snow in the metro area north, maybe to Kalama, right? I mean, this is a pretty low res model compared to some other models is 13 kilometer resolution i mean it's not terrible but you look at that but then you look at the high-res models our graph showed nothing little or nothing there were hints from the graph like could it stick on the hills maybe remember that one run jeff was at the 6z it was kind of like eh, maybe the top of the west hills mm-hmm. maybe hills around gresham that pretty reliable wharf showed nothing in the lowlands and of course these two were correct but the GFS was not alone. Uh, the Euro ensembles, you look at those, and, and the Euros, Euro does tend to produce, I think, in these marginal situations, too much snow. Mm-hmm. I got two more graphics for that. But look how the Euro ensemble average. This was from uh, when I worked Tuesday night, the Zero Z run. Mm-hmm. And it's averaging 1.8 inches over the metro area. I mean, that's quite a few members. not I always look for the blue, like, okay, two inches or more. I mean, there's quite a few members that had over two inches. But here's the here's one problem with like when you look at these snow maps and this is for now, now I'm speaking to the weather geeks. These snow maps are a big issue because it's just kind of a guess e- each um, each um, forecasting, you know, mo- each model done, you know, that is put out by different organizations may have different parameters for what is sticking snow at what temperature to snow stick. And we call it accumulating for the purposes of making a, a graphic like this. I mean, it showed a half inch of snow by 8 p.m. last night. Right. That's the euro. Well, look at the temperatures at the same time. It's 36, 37 degrees. So you need to look at temperatures, soundings, and the sounding overhead was too warm, as I recall. I don't have this here, but it was <laughs> too warm. I immediately dismissed this when I saw it because the sounding was too warm and the, um, and the temperatures were too warm.
0: This is not the best way to break it down, but to simplify what Mark is saying, um, you know, when we're five to seven days out or more. We like to use, we, we tend to use lower resolution models. It would be like taking a television from the 1990s and watching right. the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you were to grab a 1080p high def, large, big screen TV today, which one would you rather watch the Super Bowl on the high definition TV or the one from the nineties when we're within three or two days to a or one weather day. event or a one day with, the, you know, if a weather event is going to play out tomorrow, are we going to take that? high-definition or high-resolution computer model or a number of them and look at them? Or are we going to base the forecast off of a low-resolution model? Right. Um, not saying the Weather Service did that, but it it did feel like we had all of these high-resolution models we were looking at, and it, they were all screaming, it's going to be too warm in the metro area to support mm-hmm. sticking snow.
2: And, and I was going to say that, compare this to like January 2017 or what we just had last February. Uh-oh. Sabi. Sobby. <laughs> Is that savvy? Now it's quiet. Yeah, uh, that's savvy. So so compare this to last February when we had. We expected a little snow, remember, and then we got a whole bunch. I think we had 10 inches officially. But the deal there was there were many hints from several different models like, hey, something big might be up. All right. Whereas in this case, no model was showing significant snow except that GFS.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: there were there were strong hints in this case that like nothing was gonna happen. It was that's why when I looked at my phone yesterday morning, I'm like, what? They're going with the very snowiest model. So I don't know. I just think that's a messaging issue um, and the weather service has to kind of figure out. Yes, some, sometimes it's we are going to get burned. It's going to snow more than expected, but we can't cry wolf every time there's a small chance or that's going to be a big issue and people won't believe us when we do actually have a pretty significant chance of a big event. One, one other thing, one last point. I keep saying one last point because I have like four more, but- Um, we didn't have a big source of cold air coming in from the East. Mm -hmm. You notice Portland just sat at 38 to 40 degrees all night long with that East wind. It just wasn't that cold of an East wind. And that was perfectly forecast Mm -hmm. But our graph models showed us sitting in the upper thirties around 40 through this whole event. And that's exactly what happened.
0: Um, so to give the weather service, just a little bit of credit with their thinking, they were Mm -hmm. seeing an inversion in the morning that was kind of trapping some of the cold air, but Mm -hmm. You know, what I was saying to Andy and various people, I was saying if that temperature pops up into the 40s and matches what some of our high-resolution models are showing, we're going to really struggle to get down close to freezing. And
2: sure enough, I think we ended up
0: at 47 degrees. Right. It mixed Uh, out
2: really quick. It was very dry air, so then it cooled quickly with the evaporational cooling. But yeah, it was, and that was well forecast too. Our model showed us peaking at midday. Mm-hmm. Low, low 40s. They were actually a little too cool with that easterly. The o-
0: the temperature was overachieved yesterday, I would say. So Which is
2: funny, that didn't help.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah, so. Jeff, what was our official low temperature this morning in Portland? I'll check
2: while we sit here. Was it maybe 37, 38? Yeah. It just okay. didn't it just, it just sat there in the upper 30s all night. Yeah. Fact, here, here's a hint that uh it's not that cold of an air mass coming through the gorge. I'm sitting here at 1000 feet. I've got it's all rain now, so obviously it's warmed a little bit overhead. And if I don't even have freezing rain or snow here, you're not going to get snow down in the city of Portland in this setup, unless we had some super heavy precip, but models weren't showing that.
0: 37, by the way, was 37. So that was the low. Wow. So, um, yeah, that was, it was interesting. Um, Hopefully we can all learn from, you know, what happened. um, But... We'll see how things go the rest Uh, of the winter.
2: I would like to hear from the weather service just what their probabilistic forecast in this new thing. Like how do they plan to use that in the future? Mm -hmm. It'd be great to get one of them to chat with us. Come on in. We'll be nice. I think that'd be great. I promise. Mm -hmm. It's a casual podcast. It's a casual. It's an exchange of
0: ideas. Dogs barking. Katie's dog's barking sometimes. (laughs) Camilla's dog's barking. Even Pepper barks
2: sometimes. And I didn't get too heated up, did I? I think I calmed down quite a bit from yesterday. Yeah, you, you chilled out. Um, yeah, it's all It's all good. You know, it's yeah. all peace and love. It was Valentine's yeah. Day after all. Yeah, to
0: celebrate. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. Again, we throughout the year we can see various uh, advisories, warnings, watches issued. Whether it's a, a heat advisory or a winter weather advisory or a wind advisory, what does that mean? Well, it really depends on each location you're looking at, and since it's winter. And since we've had winter storm warnings, winter weather advisories issued for various regions, we thought we'd kind of go over some of those, um, just so you have a better idea of why they're issued. Uh, so let's start off with the Cascades. This morning, we went from a winter storm warning to a downgraded winter weather advisory. And I had to refresh my own memory to figure out what, <laughs> what uh, you know, is designated a winter storm warning. Why does it get issued for the Cascades? Well, above 2,500 feet. If there's a forecast of 12 inches or more in a 12-hour span or less, above 2,500 feet, then the National Weather Service goes ahead and issues a winter storm warning because their confident is high we're going to get a lot of snow in a short period of time. If it's below that mark, 6 to 11 inches in a 12-hour span, then they will issue a winter
2: weather advisory.
0: Any thoughts on that? I have one. Go ahead.
2: <clears throat> um, excuse me. Greater than 12 inches in 12 hours, that's fine. Here's the one thing I have seen when this goes on for two days. So if you only had 10 inches every 12 hours, so that's 20 inches a day, you could have a 40-inch snowstorm and it never achieves winter storm warning criteria. That's the only problem I have. And and they do adjust these. Sometimes I've seen them either go one way or the other based on a specific situation. But there should be a criteria in there that says greater than 24 inches in 24 hours should Mm -hmm. be. A winter storm. Wait, did I say that correctly? Either way, I've seen longer-term events where it's like there's three feet of snow and we never had a winter storm warning. That's kind of weird. Minor yeah. thing, but um, blizzard warning: sustained
0: wind 35 miles per hour or greater, and considerable snow falling, essentially lowering the visibility below a quarter mile. So that mm. that's what a blizzard warning would be. Um, let's talk about winter weather advisories for the lowlands: one to three inches of snow
2: expected <laughs> in 12 hours. One inch. Uh, one Winter weather advisory, folks. Yeah, now, one inch.
0: That being said, one inch can
2: be a headache, especially if it's right in the heart of the metro area in a rush hour. Separate. Right. True. So, if it's twenty-six degrees. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I do have something to add to that. It used, to, it was different. The first, I think, about ten years of my career, it was four inches in the metro area. It used to be called snow advisory, and hmm. it was four. I think it was four inches for a snow advisory, something like that. And they lowered the criteria because we had an event or two where you know obviously they realized there were impacts at under four inches. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they used to be called snow advisories. Hmm. Which, yeah,
1: probably has more to do with the timing of the of the snowfall. Also, I don't know yeah. if we mentioned earlier when we were talking about uh, NWS, the cities and counties basically look at what they're issuing to then put out states of emergency and things like that. I think that's important to mention, right? Do you know what 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 kind of the process is for that?
2: No, no. <laughs> I
1: didn't want to put anyone on the spot. I just know I was texting with a friend who who works for the county. She says basically we we look at the forecast. I mean they have a meeting every morning, and they have to base their decisions off of their forecast. That's just how it's been, I guess. Um, to mobilize resources, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. There's a winter weather advisory. Uh, you got to open up shelters. Workers are working overtime to staff those shelters. Uh, you know, you're mobilizing the roads crews and things like that. So it just adds another element, I suppose, to um, to that forecast.
0: Yeah. Uh, I assume they look straight to the, the government, the national forecast. I think so. Forecast.
2: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There are a few, I know in the past, at least TriMet would use uh, Phil, um, I forget, what is the name of the company? Um Phil no not Phil Collins Phil Volker who used to do weather here in the 80s and early 90s he has a, a private weather company and um in the past they would they would contract that out to his his service so we would mm. sometimes hear forecasts like hey they're expecting this or that and I'm like that's not from the weather service that's from somewhere else so some organizations might be still be using a private forecast service too interesting um so this is just one page of um- I think several pages of these watches, warnings,
0: advisories. So it would be, I think it would be good if we made that available on our website. I'm going to see if I can work with our digital team to make those documents available.
2: And let me add, so these are, you know, for specific zones, everybody has their own winter weather criteria. In fact, there's a weather meeting tonight uh, with the Oregon AMS. You can just go to Oregon AMS, find out the details there. Um, they're about to change our zones. And I think it starts March 1st. Mm. We're about to have like triple the number of weather zones in Northwest Oregon and Southwest Washington. So they can better break like the West Hills will be their own forecast zone. Oh, that's interesting. The, um, yeah. 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 Um, and we I should uh, we should talk about that. coming. Well, it's, yeah. it's a pretty detailed map, but um, yeah, they're going to talk all about it, the weather service. So if you have any questions for the weather service, go to that meeting tonight. I can't make it because I've got to work but. that um, time. I'm sure there'll be some questions about their forecasting too.
0: I wasn't sure if that map, you shared that map with me, I think like last year, Mark, and it's really interesting to look at, but it's, um, there's like sensory overload that kind of goes on when you initially look at it because there's so many zones. Um, So I wasn't sure if that was a, a public map yet but it it's sounds happening. like they're making it public two now. so we should absolutely show that on the podcast maybe next week or the week after mm-hmm. so sure uh, that is in the cards all right let's go ahead and move on snow everybody we have been picking up some snow in the cascades and the gorge even the coast range um that was the first shot was government camp snow-covered roads timberline lodge mark is just going through it here skeeble <laughs> we gotta we keep this show moving fresh layer of snow at <laughs> and the camera's back i yeah, can't it believe is. it yes sure. There's a nice chunk of ice on it this morning, but that's gone. Um mm-hmm. okay, and meadows. So I just wanted to show all the resorts here. Those were taken around eight, eight thirty in the morning. Let's go ahead I freshened
2: and freshened up this one. That one's like 10 minutes
0: old. Oh, thank you. People are,
2: are getting on the lift. Good day. Yep. Five to eight
0: inches through eight AM this morning. Plenty more on the way. Let's just jump right ahead here. Uh oh. State of the snowpack. This is yeah. to keep us on track. Yeah, that's
2: right. Let's I got the outline. Yeah, state of the snowpack. What do we have? It improved a little bit in the state of Oregon. I was
0: seeing more 70, 75% of the normal snowpack readings last week. I see some areas are near normal now. That's um, pretty good. Yeah, not bad. Washington,
1: uh, not so great. Not great.
0: El By the way, for the folks that are just listening, as opposed to seeing our graphics, uh, Washington's snowpack is like 75% or less of normal across most of the state and Oregon. We have some areas near normal, some areas below normal. We could use more snow right now across both states.
2: I told my son not to turn this into Mark story time, but um, I told my son, we're going to go mountain biking up, but I think big white and silver star in Southern BC, um, North of North of OMAC, um, Right around fourth of July weekend he's like, Is there still gonna be too much snow? And I said, eh, El Nino, you're up there in southern BC. We might be in good shape. So bad for them, but good good if you wanna if you want the snowpack to disappear quickly out there. Look how low it is in the Olympics, thirty uh, percent. I thought you were
0: responding to your son, El Nino. Like that's uh, what you no. call your son. No. Oh All my Gosh.
2: Right. No, no, no. Dad joke. I would have I, not. I that's terrible. I, that's even worse that. than my jokes. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs>
0: Oh, the animation works. Oh. Yes. We'll keep looping.
1: All right. Nice. This
0: was taken at about 830 this morning. Uh, you can see system number one, an area of low pressure and a weak front kind of fizzling out over Western
2: Washington. There, Mark's kind of highlighting that. The front So is the moving. low, wait, yeah. so the surface low did make it north as expected. Sure did. There, I remember yesterday there were some weather geeks saying, oh no, it's coming in too far south. They always do that. But um, yeah, it looks like it did make it up there. And then you can see the front moving
0: over the interior northwest kind of highlighted by those green shades there. By the way, the colors you're seeing, the brighter shades are taller clouds and the I guess the lighter shades are lower clouds. Um, Right. So colder, higher, you go, of course, like the orange and the reds. So anywho, what I'm trying to get at here is we have another slug of moisture moving in. I put some arrows on the map there. Wow. Uh, So that will bring in. Plenty more snow, and it's going to be a soaker back half of the day and tonight in the lowlands west of the Cascade. So just a quick glimpse at what we're expecting snow-wise. Um, and we've added some new contours to the map here uh, to help out at least some of the colorblind folks out there so they can see what we're, what we're forecasting. So we're anticipating somewhere between about, would you guys say, 12 to 16 inches of additional snow above 3,000 feet between today and tomorrow morning? Is that a fair assessment? I haven't worked since Tuesday night. No idea. Oh, thanks, Mark. <laughs> I think so.
1: I mean, based on what I was seeing last night, I feel like that's pretty fair.
0: All right, perfect. Let's jump to the next graphic then. Uh, I think west end of the gorge, probably not going to see a whole lot more snow, especially oh.
2: in a river level. Yeah. Good point with this graphic. Good point. This is a four kilometer resolution model, so it cannot see the gorge, which is what? Two to three kilometers across. So in yeah. reality, it should be blank all pretty much all along the river west of about Bonneville Dam. Yeah. There you go. But Central Watch Gorge, out.
0: Eastern Gorge,
1: mm-hmm. probably yeah.
0: looking at maybe one to four inches near the river level. Additional. Four, yeah, four is probably pushing it <clears> a little bit. But Hood River Valley, six to 12 inches.
2: I think we're going to get a good amount of snow up there. Well, uh, I think they've already had a foot or so, right? I, did you see the email from somebody who said there's about a foot in Odell? I didn't see that email. Oh. They oh, were complaining that a reporter was down, I guess, in downtown Hood River. And, of course, along the river, it's mild or yeah. so. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're like, get up where there's more snow. But it looks really nice
0: mm-hmm. out there in Hood River. Um, Central and Eastern Oregon, I think it'll really depend on elevation here. There are going to be some areas that just see a dusting or nothing, um, but maybe two to four two
2: to five inches of snow. Okay. Long range forecast. Here we go. uh, we're going to go short range first. Oh, short range. Oh. I okay. We have to have a mean sea level pressure map, right? Um, yeah, sure. along with the 500, we got 500s too, but we'll, we'll zoom through this. So the other thing is the east wind is backed off today. We've just got like maybe three millibars this and we can, we expected that models did really well with that, but it's coming back strong. What do we have? One, two, three, about four millibars, and, but look how the cold air. So this is 1 PM oh, today man. and then here is 10 PM tomorrow night. So you uh, can see that surface high, that cold surface. high, really digs in tomorrow, tomorrow night. So the east wind will be strong again in the usual spots. And you can see it on our graph in the middle there. This is just text data today. This is this morning's run today. And then tomorrow, notice the dew point goes down a little bit too. But um, yeah, strong gusts, 30 to 40 in the usual east wind areas in the metro and stronger, of course, in the gorge. Uh, But no snow, although, oh, I don't have it here. I see the Wharf GFS and tries to produce a touch of snow in the top of the West Hills tonight. Yeah, you know I was what?
1: gonna say tomorrow morning. It kind of looked
2: like there could be maybe, yeah, something. Namnest, Namnest was doing that too, actually. <laughs> oh, it was huh? Mm-hmm. Well, we'll be all over it this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then then the uh, sat- and then Saturday the east wind starts to die down, and Sunday it's more reasonable. Okay, long range. Here we go. Five hundred millibars. Look, I just found this today when I was. Oh, let me do it right. I was able to stop it. How did I stop it? Oh yeah. Wait, what the? Oh, I screwed up. Um, okay, I'm just bringing everything to a halt. <laughs> it's okay. Well, where's the stop button? I like that
0: ridge. It's a nice ridge. I was able to stop that it. It's a I'm, nice ridge. Oh, maybe
2: when I'm in reading view, I can't stop it. Yeah, just anyway, have so to go with this flow. is 10 days, 10 days of the euro. The ridging is back. Oh, I mean, we actually have weak ridging over us now. The, 10 days of the euro, there's really nothing significant happening. So we're, we're back into the mild stuff for 10 days. The only reason we got chilly for these few days is we had a little bit of that surface easterly wind come in. So starting about Sunday it warms up again this goes all the way through this is the euro and it looks just like this the gfs next saturday so this is saturday the 24th notice there is a little bit of a change there's kind of this uh, beautiful cyclonic look um up across the gulf of alaska maybe a cold trough wants to drop in that's saturday the 24th so this is almost 10 days out and this is about 12 days out on the gfs now the gfs is, can can often be okay 500 millibars and above it's it can often be just fine so that's why I'm Using the GFS. Oh, that's why you're defending the GFS now. Got it. In this case, upper level, big picture, it's fine. We're talking the little stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The little stuff I don't like. So this is Monday the 26th. This would imply, oh, this is a pattern for nice cascade snowfall. Mm. This is a great pattern for maybe, um, maybe not low elevation snow, but snow in the foothills, snow in the Coast Range. So this is this this would be maybe a snowpack building day or two or three, and you see it in the Euro. The temperature forecast, very mild stuff. We're back in the 50s again. Could we get a 60 next week? Maybe. Put back in the 50s. I mean, we can start seeing a 60 here and there once you get to the 20th of February. You know, it's easier to do that. Uh, but a lot of 50s next week, calendar week. and then it's And then it's cooler leading into the last few days of the month. And this Uh-oh. would go with that. So here's the Euro Ensemble. Oh, look, it can still snow today on the Euro Ensemble. Again, check the temps, check the soundings, ignore that. But look at the lack of anything, any chance for low elevation snow for a week beginning more right now. Well, beginning tomorrow, let's say for a week. I mean, nothing's happening next week, which tells me there's no real chance for snow in the lowlands through at least Sunday, the twenty fifth. And if you think we're going to get some sort of big snow and ice event, where we're, we're going to run out of time here real quick, yeah considering March is right around the corner, but you do see hints of lower elevation, like, oh, foothill snow. Could we be flirting with a dusting of snow overnight at a thousand feet? Maybe that'll happen in the last few days of the month, maybe.
0: Boy, I'll tell you, there's a lot of trees that are like, budding and whatnot in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, really? So, yeah. Cool down like that. Maybe a quick dusting or some frost uh, in early March. That would It wouldn't be unheard of, of course, but that no. would be unfortunate if we have. I mean, that stretch of warm weather, I think things are going to continue progressing toward right a spring spring-like look
2: although yeah. um the, the cool wet stuff is no biggie there is no sign there of arctic air returning
0: it's a good point but we clear maybe? out one night though in that stretch yeah. can get some freezing temps
2: true i mean we never got a frost out of this whole little episode here i don't know excitement yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: yeah a lot of excitement not a lot that went down but we still have mm-hmm. plenty of snow coming to the cascades by the way i think there's going to be some I think I said this last week, too. Good skiing and snowboarding. Bonnie, by the way, was up at Timberline yesterday.
1: Nice. Uh, the snow was
0: kind of moving in. She said she'd never want to, she just didn't want to leave. But, of course, she had to be on Good Day Oregon this morning. So, anywho, um, yeah, safe travels in, to the gorge, i 4 or up into the Cascades between tonight and tomorrow. Uh, Friday looks like it'll be a windy but dry day, and then we're back to rain and mountain snow heading into the weekend. Have a great rest of the week, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week.
1: You're waiting and hesitating and tell us, please tell us.